0: What's up, world? I'm Matt Newberg from Hungry, and this is The Feed. Each episode, we'll dive into conversations with the industry insiders who are leveraging technology to shape the way we eat. On today's episode of The Feed, the Hungry Trends community sat down with Brendan Sweeney, co founder and CEO of Pop Menu, a direct end to end platform that provides a website builder, online ordering platform, delivery aggregator, and more to over 6,000 small and medium sized restaurants. We'll chat about how the team uses outsider mentality to identify major white space for restaurants, the impact of first party reviews on SEO, and the need for consolidation and competition in the space. All right, I'm very excited to be joined today by Brandon Sweeney. He's the co-founder and CEO of Pop Menu, an end-to-end white label platform that helps over 6,000 restaurants own their guest relationships while optimizing their SEO. Prior to Pop Menu, Brendan held senior product and marketing roles at real estate lead gen firm Sync and CareerBuilder.com. Brendan, welcome aboard. Thanks
1: a lot, Matt. Appreciate
0: it. Glad to be here and um, yeah, excited to chat. So I want to go back. Uh, You guys have been around for about five, coming up on your fifth year. I want to hear about the initial problem you were tackling back in in 2017 and what you've learned since then and how that's evolved to the product suite that you have today. Awesome. Sure thing. You know, we were industry outsiders when we came to this
1: in 2017 and really approach it from a consumer perspective. And and, I mean, I've been working in product for 25 years plus, something like that. And I'm always, I've just always been fascinated with why certain things are the way they are, especially online um, where I have so much experience. Restaurant was one of those where I've always just loved restaurants and at previous companies especially career builder and we were our team was based in europe we had like 12 13 offices and i was kind of in charge of culture building so i would set up the places for drinking and eating getting together (laughs) and and i think it was really there that I, i i just you know it's a super simple obvious thing this is such a sensual business you know taste smell sound sights atmosphere and it just struck me like oh PDFs are not just, mm-hmm. you know, terrible for presenting at a restaurant. And, and they're not just in my local neighborhood. And it's not just mom and pops, even in the best food cities in the world, like Paris, among the biggest, you know, top restaurants in the world. This is kind of this weird lowest common denominator that everyone was conveying their, their business through text, you know, and, and usually in the form of a PDF. And it just struck me as odd because we'd all gotten so used to Browsing and shopping with so much more criteria to use to make our decisions, photos, reviews, ratings, social validation. And so, yeah, just back then, I started to think through from a consumer perspective, hey, what would be better, you know? And then I started looking at it from a restaurant perspective and saying, hey, not not only can there be a better consumer experience, but it should be owned by the restaurant themselves because there's just this giant proliferation of third-party platforms. At that time, it was just about really discovery of your next dining destination. Obviously it's evolved over time to where third-party platforms are involved in every aspect of the business, especially since COVID off-prem ordering has been just a huge part of that conversation. But we just started off with this simple idea that if restaurants can take more control over how they present themselves online back from third-party platforms. If they can be dynamic about how they present their offering, their menu, their <laughs> most underutilized sales tool that they have, hey, we think that's going to really work out you know, for the restaurant. So that was the first problem we started to solve. And we weren't even hosting websites. We were just like, take this piece of JavaScript, replace your PDF with it, and you're going to have this awesome dynamic menu experience show up and it's going to convert more people who are coming to your website into visitors because it's so much more compelling when you have all this data in there. And then just how it's evolved since then is, I mean, three of our four co-founders have product backgrounds, which is a little bit unique. We're so heavy into the product mentality of listening and surfacing opportunities to deliver more value based on problems that people are facing, you know, that we can solve, not based on, hey, this is a cool tech thing we think. Should happen, And so listening to our clients led us next from the menu to hosting full websites. They would say, oh, this menu experience is awesome. I'm on this old WordPress template. It's been hacked. I can't get in touch with my cousin to update it. The nav <laughs> doesn't do a good job of getting people to the menu on and on. Can you just do the website? And, and so we added that next. Then we built in an entire suite of integrated marketing tools, starting with capturing followers into your CRM automatically as part of the web experience, capturing preference data, what kind of things are they looking at? What are they favoriting? What are they commenting on? All of those things. And then using that information to orient automated personalized um, messaging to them. So that part came next marketing, and we've constantly expanded that suite. We had mass emails, automated emails, um, texting, social on and on and on and platform integration, like Google, my business, then COVID hit and us and like everybody else, our clients just needed an easy way to begin selling off-prem. Um, and so we had our dev team, like all hands, two weeks, build online ordering, which is a common thing that we all did in the restaurant tech space because everyone needed it. And so then we added that transactional component. And that has continued to evolve and become a, a bigger part of our platform, bigger part of our business. Uh, although it's not the sole focus. And then really last year, our idea was that COVID would, you know, would begin to recede and people would, there's so much pent up demand to come back on prem, but there's this massive labor shortage. And that was going to make it really hard for operators to to really deliver the kind of frictionless experience people have now come to expect. So we started building in things like waitlisting and reservations and we build an AI-based phone answering service, just everything designed to allow restaurants to do more with less, you know, especially on-prem. Um, and we just continue evolving the platform in that direction. And and kind of the, holistically, it's just the, the number one thing we hear from clients over and over and over and over and over is just, hey, can I not work with 15, 20, 30 tools? Can can they just come together? And this has been such an industry of point solutions. So we're just pulling everything together and not just jamming together point solutions, but applying a lot of connective tissue to make the sum much greater than the parts. And it really comes down to simplicity and control. You know, it's just, we're trying to give them some control over their business, over the digital part of their business that they just haven't had, but also simplify it, you know, which is a big, big challenge, but it's one that we think we owe to the industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, I think outsiders underestimate just how much middleware is in this space. And most restaurateurs are dealing with countless vendors when it comes to getting those transactions to be done uh, end-to-end in-house and and first party, you know, between your website as one vendor, let's say it's Squarespace, then you have your chow now or your direct ordering channel, then you have some sort of third-party logistics company. uh, And we haven't even scratched the surface on marketing automation, SEO, or even talked about delivery aggregation and all these other tools that you started to add in. So complex. Yeah. It's it's uh, it makes your head spin if you're if you haven't spent multiple years in this space. I'm kind of curious, like, yeah, so this you you kind of it seems like you, you really followed the customer journey here of like how consumers discover restaurants, right? They, they go in, they type in, you know, a cuisine and they, they typically start by browsing the menu. Is that kind of how this all kind of transpired as far as the, you know, the product suite is it's like following the marketing funnel towards getting that transaction, whether it's on-prem or off-prem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely started from a consumer perspective and it's funny because from the beginning, we just, we just thought this was a really obvious problem to solve. And we thought it was weird that there were no, no good tools, you know, doing what we started doing. And and when we started to go to the restaurant show and started to get more and more into the industry, we just always expected, hey, someone's gonna be doing this already, you know, this, this, not not just making websites, but but looking at it like a fully fleshed out ecom funnel, multi-step call to action, and so we thought it was we thought it was obvious. Investors told us they thought it was obvious. Every every person we met with was like, yeah, I'm sure there's somebody here doing this, and so it was it was interesting that that was not the case. Um, but you know, starting as. Uh, <laughs> it it, it, that's the outsider perspective that that's really benefited us is saying is we didn't have all this built-in notions about what's possible and what's not in the restaurant tech space we came in saying consumers want this we can give it to you and it's going to make things better and and yeah that starts with the front end and and it started with the, the menu but even we architected the menu to kind of reach back further in the funnel and make things so much better when it comes to getting indexed you know in google near me searches are massive 90 percent of our traffic across all of our customer platforms which last year i think there were like 140 150 million sessions across all of our clients i mean i think restaurants wow. generally don't know how much traffic they're getting themselves they generally think it's all going to third party and i think everybody thinks that but the truth is with just a few thousand, you know, restaurants live, 140, 150 million sessions is huge. And so we instantly started extending the menu backward to start to influence that pattern of search and pattern of browsing and pattern of, of purchase at the very front end. First of all, it used to really piss me off when some third party platform owned the top link for a branded search for a restaurant. That should never mm-hmm. happen. It should never happen. That's just if someone is going searching for you know, Matt's pizza, and then there's three or four or even just one third party link at the top. I just think that that's unfair. And so one of the first things we did was say, we're going we're to elevate all links. It's, it's really not as much branded links. We brought in a really unique approach that indexes every single menu item. And so it ends up being very long tail, very much about the cuisine, very much about the dishes. We even get dishes ranked with, with scores, um, which is unique to our space. It's more like retail and e-com. But yeah, so we started more, you know, we started early in the funnel and then we reached back and said, okay, let's influence the search pattern, the discovery pattern. And then we just, we have gone through all the way to not just transaction, but to also re-engagement. And so it's really, it's really not rocket science. It's just applying what every modern digital business is doing and, and, and enabling these restaurants with those tools, you know, so that... You can have this continuous automated capture of guest information into your CRM. We can use preference data that's also being captured to automatically message them. And that just becomes this virtuous circle that's constantly working for the restaurant without them having to do anything, keeping them in front of people who may be interested in them or are already interested in them without them having to do anything because they are freaking busy enough, busiest people in the world, in my opinion.
0: Fascinating. And this is, yeah, this totally justifies why you kind of need to have a full 360 kind of suite of tools is to kind of enable that. Um, If you're cobbling together solutions with multiple platforms, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to reach back in the funnel and tie it all together, uh, certainly not as easily. And you will have to hire someone probably to uh, make all these systems uh, tie together. Absolutely. And it's, it's also just to add on to that, like it's it's not a great consumer experience. What is
1: a great consumer Mm -hmm. experience is if your profile is flowing through, whether you're on the wait list, whether you're making a reservation, whether you're ordering online, whether you're ordering on-prem, then you get this what's next for the industry is really this, this singular view of the guest Mm. with, with all interaction points in one place, you know, whether they're messaging your team, maybe they did a, a private dining experience, maybe they ordered online on and on and on. Well, when the system has all of that information in one place, the system can get smarter and smarter about how it, you know, orients your marketing communications to, to keep people coming back to optimize that, that engagement um, mm-hmm. approach. And we're early, early days at that. We're still in the building blocks piece of getting that singular profile together. But it's one of the things I get really excited about in the industry is like, man, we, we don't have to accept low margins. We don't have to accept that it's incredibly costly and difficult to, to manage marketing in this way. And, and the benefits when this thing is fully automated, fully running with all the touch points are just massive. It's just going to mean so much less time spent marketing you spend, and, and, and figuring out kind of processes and optimizing processes on premise. Like that technology is going to make all of operating a restaurant so much easier.
0: Interesting. So I think feel like what you're alluding to is like a customer data platform type of product where so Olo recently acquired a company called Wisely to, to do this. I spoke to an operator who's using it and it it's felt um, to me like my head was going to explode just thinking hmm. about like data warehousing across, uh, you know, a first party app, third party apps and trying to join very dis- very disjointed data. You know, you're getting like, you know, half of the customer's info from DoorDash, you're getting like full data from your catering form, you're getting all these different sources plugged in here and they're trying to like, essentially solve a murder mystery using all these different touch points.
1: Yeah, little bits of evidence from all these different places, trying to put the picture together. That's exactly right, It's, it's just, it's complex as hell to market any business these days. It's just, there's so many channels, there's so much noise, there's so much out there. And then when you just add that with, this is, this is the busiest job in the world with that's been, I don't even know if it's arguable anymore, if they've been more affected, you know, by COVID than, than any other space, especially the knock on effects of supply chain and and labor, just, you know, all of those things together, even in the best of times, marketing your business, Properly in today's modern digital world super difficult This has not been the best of times. It's been extremely difficult. And so I just like our analogy is Tesla We just think of, you know, we actually our head of product Mike is, is one of the co-founders We have this picture he constantly shows that almost all this talks and it's like you have this Porsche I uh-huh. guess it's some kind of racing Porsche I haven't been in because it's super complicated. There's all these switches and knobs and all this stuff. And it's like, it, you, your grandma can't drive this car. You know, like it, it takes a real professional to drive this car. But you show a Tesla, and it's like a lot of that's just happening automatically. You know? And it's really, really simple to drive, and it has all of these aids. And it's like we, we, we think of that analogy as to when we want to follow. It's like most of the time it should be on autopilot. You know, and, and sometimes you're going to want to go somewhere that's out of the norm, and that should be just super, super easy for you. But we're not going to be satisfied until – well, we'll never be satisfied. But we're, we're really striving towards meeting the owners with this, this simplistic interface that's very, very easy to use because the history of restaurant technology has been – hey, this is an industry where there are, there, are, if there are 1 million restaurants in the U.S., then there are 1 million different ways of delivering hospitality. You might want to be high-tech. You might want to be high-touch. You probably fall somewhere in that spectrum. Um, mm. But, hey, here's a piece of technology. We made it a certain way, and you're going to have to figure out that way, and then you're going to have to fig- you know, train your whole team on it and this and that. And we just think it's been so rigid. That's why – it's so fragmented Mm. and that's why so many technology Mm. providers failed and so we just constantly hammer home like we're not anywhere near there yet you know how simple how simple we want it but it's like that's where we have to be we can't ask restaurant owners to meet us hey you get you get super super tech savvy and learn how to flip all these switches and everything nope we have to meet them we have to make it so it is like a tesla to them
0: love it and i especially love this like one million restaurants one million ways of doing things um you know, we can't let technology dictate how the physical experience of dining works just because someone in an office somewhere, some product manager who, who may not have gotten out of the office enough and eaten enough at his customers' um, restaurants just thought that that was the, the way it should be done. Uh, I really like 100%. that. A hundred
1: percent. hundred percent. Like super technically sophisticated people making software for, for people who, you know, you don't get into hospitality because you just absolutely love technology. That's, if you do, that's <laughs> rare, you know. Absolutely, and and, and and so it's like, you can't use yourself as the use case. You have to see and go yeah. on site and see how people work and see the whole. Yeah. And don't just look at your, you know, you can't just optimize your screen. You have to optimize for the entire experience.
0: I love that too. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, it just re- it makes me, reminds me of like DoorDash yelling at its employees to basically do more deliveries, um, which I thought was quite funny when they pushed back on that. <laughs> I thought it was funny too. I'm like, man... <laughs> I actually one of the first Ubers I ever
1: took. I, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was. It turned out to be a CFO at a Silicon Valley company. It was a super mm. nice car, and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> is this your is this your full time job?" And he said, "Nope." But you know what? I get too far away from what it's like to to serve people, and I mm. do this. I, he, he was like, "I do this every weekend and a few nights a week just just to keep that you know just to keep that real human connection." And so I love that. And I, I do think, hey, mm-hmm. if you have to go through the whole experience, you're gonna know more. We've actually just opened a small restaurant in our building, like right across oh, wow. the lobby from our office. And just getting it set up, going through all the permitting and, and equipment and build up, all that stuff, oh I man, so much empathy that we get for restaurant owners from that. But 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 from there, like we were experimenting with a few things on the soft launch and our product team came away with literally 15 tickets in one hour, you know, of, of, okay, this is how this has to change. Now that we're seeing it, you know, that this brand new concept in this, in this real format. And so we really, really believe, I mean, we spend so much time with our clients with prototypes, asking questions, doing tests, you know, all kinds of stuff to kind of surface what, what challenges we could drive value by solving. And, and we're taking it to that level where it's like, let's have a restaurant too, because we're going to learn a ton from it. It's just a small, you know, building restaurant, but it's still, we're going to learn so. we have already learned so much from it in just a few weeks.
0: That's so cool. I lo- I really like that. Dog fooding your own tech. Yeah. Very cool. We don't like to say dog fooding because it's
1: real <laughs> food. So we got to figure out, we're food fooding our own tech.
0: <laughs> I want to dive in a little bit deeper into this Yelp functionality that you have on your site and kind of compare and contrast here. So. You know, from what I know, studying Yelp over uh, its existence, it's really like held local businesses hostage saying, here's this page with all these reviews that you have no control over. And if you want to have more flexibility, if you want to start to bury some of those reviews, if you want to respond to these customers, you better pay up or this is going to just like impact your foot traffic. Uh, It's going to impact your business and we will hold you hostage, essentially. So you, I guess I'm curious to hear, like, so you started by like digitizing menus. How soon did uh, the review component happen? And then uh, what sorts of restaurants are leveraging that functionality? Um, Because I imagine like, you know, a Michelin starred restaurant is probably not going to be so into the idea of user generated reviews. (laughs) And then, (laughs) you know, how have you like kind of pioneered this idea of like first party reviews or maybe... I guess within the restaurant space, this this clearly does exist, like you said, in, in the e-com world, but not so much in the restaurant space.
1: Yeah. I mean, that you just nailed it. It's like, hey, this is there for every other kind of business. You know, why, why isn't it there for, for restaurants where you have these direct reviews immediately on the site? And so it's actually, it was part and parcel to the menu experience to start with. Because we said, hey, we, we want reviews to be a part of this. Like when you come to a restaurant you know, website, click into the menu, click into a dish. We wanted reviews and ratings, social validation right there at the dish level. Well, we weren't going to get that from any third party Yelp TripAdvisor, OpenTable, whomever. Um, And if we did, we would have to pay a boatload for it. So really it was a matter of practicality that we said, you know, we'll capture reviews directly through PopMenu. And, and it's funny because it's kind of an undersold part of our platform that's actually huge because it does take so much control back. The truth is we want to talk directly with the person who's giving us any kind of service. And being disintermediate, disintermediated by a third-party platform, you only do that when you have to. You, know, you only do that when there's no other way to get your feedback across and then it also creates these unnatural and kind of perverse incentives. Like you described some of them. There are also these consumer ones, you know, where it's like some people just live to, to bitch about restaurants. Like they just want to do these really big complex things about this worst sandwich they ever had or whatever. <laughs> um, and, and that's, you know, that's all of that's really, some of it's useful for discovery for sure. You know, and I, and, and I don't talk about third party platforms as though they need to go away. I just feel like, more control in the direction of the first party, balances everything out and keeps everybody honest. And so the beauty of how it works with Pop Menu is throughout the platform, there are all these opportunities for a consumer to provide a review, to provide feedback. And it might be after you make an order, it might be while you're perusing the menu, um, we'll send you these automated emails. Hey, you said you love this dish, but you haven't left a review for it. Could you help future diners plan their meal? And so what happens is they enter that review, it goes, it goes into the dashboard, into the, the owner app, they get to see it, and then they get to decide, do I wanna show this on my site or not? And that's how everyone's website is. Like, you don't go to a consultant or a lawyer's website and have to deal with, well, here are all of our terrible experiences. It's like, we're gonna put our best foot forward, we're gonna highlight our best experiences. So the interesting thing we found is when we've opened up this first party, easy utility for capturing reviews, it does end up taking control back from the third parties in that. Mm. And and I don't have, we haven't done a mass study on this lately. Um, we, we we did a while ago, but just anecdotally, I've seen many, many restaurants where they'll have, you know, they'll have been on on Yelp for like 10 years and there might be, you know, 150 reviews or something like that. And then I'll look at since they've launched with, with pop menu in six months, they might have doubled those reviews. And so putting that, putting that first party review mechanism in the mix and making it very easy for the consumer and for the, for the operator, it drives more reviews, but also takes them away from the third party platform. Now that they've been given a mechanism through which they can say, here's the experience I had. They, they just don't as often, you know, go to that third party platform. That's balanced for me is that, Hey, if you want, if you want, quote unquote, unbiased, you know, consumer sentiment about a restaurant, you've got plenty of places to go. If you want to see what people have said, you know, who are fans of the restaurant and and specifically about certain dishes, you can get it right there at the restaurant, too. And so for me, that's balance. And that's the kind of thing we, we work towards. And then all kinds of other great stuff comes out of having that data, you know. And, and we apply some AI to it now, not a ton, you know, recommending whether they should approve or reject or respond or things like mm. that. You know, soon we'll be able to say, hey, this is somebody who's really, really pissed off and you should make it a priority to respond to them now and maybe even suggest mm-hmm. some templates for, for replying. Or we might say, mm. hey, this person is super happy with their experience. It'll just put a cherry on top if, you know, the owner or the chef or somebody responds and thanks them for their review. So mm. I think just in general... Reviews are a major part of your digital presence, whether you like it or not. And you should own as much of your digital presence as you can. And, and reviews are a mm-hmm. big part of it. I'm super talkative this morning. I had like four cups of black <laughs> coffee. so
0: I'm three hours behind you, but, uh, but I'm, but I'm loving <laughs> lovin what you're spitting here. This is great. I mean, that's a, that's a really great point. I was going to say about Yelp. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it's like an implicit NPS, right? So it's like you're able to have sentiment analysis on all this stuff and you could basically come up with some, some sort of it's not necessarily an nps score but some sort of customer satisfaction score some sort of way to help restaurants stay on track when it comes to various facets of their business whether it's you know the handoff to delivery drivers whether it's the the experience inside the four walls with their front of house you know picking up on more of this as you mentioned the ai can start to parse out where there's room for improvement. Is that something that you can productize? Absolutely. And
1: and you know there are some there are some nice companies doing this already. As a standalone, it's a little bit harder than as part of a platform. And this this is this is really our main differentiator against everything else is that. We keep bringing things that make sense as a point solution into a platform and, and, again, focusing on the connective tissue that makes it better. It's like we have so many more opportunities to capture the review. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some services are out there. It's like just in your, just in your bill or just wherever. And, and it, it, but exactly right. Like we can capture these data points and give this kind of sentiment trend. You know, uh, we're not doing it yet, but these are the things that are still. You know, five years in, we've 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 brought a lot of product to bear. But what we get excited about is just every year, it seems like the picture gets bigger. There's more to do. There's more that you can connect. There's more value out there to be driven for restaurants. Mm-hmm. And and again, all of those come back to control and simplicity and helping their business be better.
0: So I'm curious, like how how you've kind of made Google work for your customers in a way that they couldn't do themselves. So, and how do the reviews yeah. tie into that? So I was trying to figure this out when I wrote the article about you guys a few weeks ago, but yeah. you know, it seems like if I type in best avocado toast in West Hollywood, your customer earth cafe, which does happen to have a very good menu in its own right. Yeah. I'm curious how much They're of awesome. that. I'm curious how much of that um, was because of you guys versus their just how uh, the, the reviews that they were getting directly on Google or directly on Yelp, how much of this is influenced by what you're doing and what that looks like as far as the customer journey after you type in best avocado toast and go ahead and maybe save it and put in your email address to save it for later and how you can kind of start to own more and more of that funnel.
1: Yeah, great great question, multi multifaceted and it is complex and I don't know what percentage we're influencing. I just know that it's dramatically different when someone goes live with Pop Menu because of the unique way we're we're indexing everything to do with the restaurant but especially the menu. And so one is just every single, you know, every single dish is giving you a vote for, you know, some cuisine type or or some ingredient or whatever people might you know, search near me. So you did avocado toast near me. And so the fact that maybe Earth has four or five, you know, versions of that and all of them are being indexed. It's it's easiest to say, like, when there's just a static piece of text, you know, whether it's PDF or HTML, like if it's HTML, it's at best one page of text with everything all in one place. It's like a search result. And so Google can say, okay, generally I know that Earth Cafe is, you know, breakfast and lunch and, you know, well-known for coffee and well-known for kind of health stuff. But when you're individuing every single individual thing, um, when you're indexing every single individual thing, it gives this specificity where it's like, yeah, we, we know exactly who earth cafe is and we know exactly what searches they should be included in. And so they get, they get lifted up. Now earth is super well-known. So, so part of it is us. And we're, we're providing Google with as much data as possible to, you know, for them to figure out how to index us and how to rank us. Mm -hmm. And just as a side note, like our, our medium, our median customer by the third uh, month they're live with us, they get something like a 60% increase in organic visibility because all of these things are getting, are getting exposed to Google in a more Mm -hmm. explicit way. Now, if you add that to an earth cafe, the inbound links, they have a a way higher number of those from all the articles written about them appearing in Entourage, you know, all this stuff. (laughs) And so when you combine this rich data to be indexed with tremendous inbound linking, that's when you get, hey, you're going to appear higher in an organic search more often than anybody else. Um, And so it really is a combination, but generally any restaurant that's with us gets a very nice lift. Um, The ones that have, you know, a lot of, Attention from other sites get get a massive lift. Um, we've seen some that'll get five x you know increase in in um, mm. in natural search traffic, and that's because that
0: combination is so powerful. Interesting. And then that what answer. Yeah, had like a yeah. couple yeah. other. <laughs> well, the, so. the, the, the follow up is like, okay, so you're increasing my visibility um, by providing more data to Google because you have each individual dish kind of on its own site. That's you know tagged with the, its location and Google's more aware now as opposed to parsing through yeah. a blob of uh, of HTML on a single page. Right. But now now once the customer arrives there, they can take a number of actions to sign up for a mailing list. Like a modal pops up, mm-hmm. telling you, "Hey, subscribe for deals," or I don't remember exactly what like your default is, but something like that. Yeah, or become a hit, VIP. Become a VIP, and then there's another one where it's like, you know, I can. I can essentially favorite it or save it for later. And then maybe like in a day or two, it reminds me. I mean, this is all somewhat new behavior. It's almost like a read it later for restaurants. Um, And I know I actually do this myself with like Google Maps. And a lot of other restaurant freaks are also like constantly like saving things to their Google Maps to like remind themselves. Okay, when I'm in the mood for this, like let me let me remember this sushi place or let me remember this hole in the wall taco joint or whatever. Talk to us about like, after you've been able to like, let's say capture intent, what are you able to convert as far as transactions, whether it's delivery or clicks, it's a delivery transaction or it's someone coming into the restaurant to actually try the meal. And what are you able to do to like close the loop there?
1: Yeah. Great great question. So, I mean, the the, the first thing that's available there is that because we're so specific about what gets indexed, we can be more specific in what gets presented in return for a search. And so when someone says avocado toast, we can put them directly on the dish, you know, for avocado toast versus just dropping them in a menu, et cetera. So that already puts them further in the funnel based on their intent. So that's part one. From there, they're able to interact with that dish in a number of ways. They can say, I've had this, I've loved it. So popping is something we created and we haven't really talked about it a ton, it just happens naturally. People get it. It's a rating system that we're building. It's, it's a means for building a preference profile, things like that, but really it's just kind of a, it's a social validation for what are the most popular dishes that you have, you know? And so you're able to pop a dish and say, I, I had this, I loved it. I had it, I liked it. It wasn't for me or remind me later. Um, and so all of those are just ways we can capture preference mm. you know, and intent from, from people coming through. You can leave a review, um, and, and you can, um, create a profile, you know, you, you can, you can save yourself as a follower, um, so that you can get, you know, offers, deals, things like that from the restaurant. So it's just multiple calls to action, multiple ways that, that restaurants can kind of, you know, start engaging with, with people who really like or really interested in their 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 restaurant and their dishes pulling it all the way through to orders is something you know that we're working on now so that so that we can show people really one of the tough things for restaurant tours is hey am i getting value out of this technology and and ours has gotten now to a point where it's pretty complex you know and and for them to understand everything that's coming that they're getting out of it we need to do a better job of coming to them and again providing this simplistic look at what are you getting a very simple thing that we're doing is, is turning on, uh, that, that we're working on is, is, you know, Hey, if an, if an online order comes in and we know that they were an organic you know, natural search visitor and we know that maybe they saw two or three emails before they ordered or they saw a text or this and that we, we're, we're going to start pulling that through into the specific order. You know, and, and start showing more of that, like, hey, here's what you're getting from natural search. Here's what you're getting from these automated emails. Here's what you're getting. And so we haven't, because we only built the back of the funnel two years ago, we haven't pulled the visibility, the attribution, you know, of the platform. Like how, how are we influencing it, um, influencing a purchase to the degree that we're about to. And that that's when, it get, again, that's when it gets really interesting is when you start to give restaurant owners this means for understanding you know hey i'm getting all this from natural search but not so much from my email maybe i'll run a few more campaigns you know things like that you just many many more criteria you can use to kind of be smarter and smarter about your marketing again mostly the system's going to be doing it but but also just bringing that to the owner so they can see and make some decisions is we're super keen to
0: do that got it and you and you also offer services to these uh, small business owners to kind of help them Better templatize those kinds of automated emails and text messages. And there's also the photography component. So you can speak a little bit to to the services. I'm curious to hear more about that as well.
1: Sure. There, there there are some there's some feature functionality built into the platform for all our clients, like messaging packs, you know, kind of building campaigns out for them that might make sense, March Madness stuff. I'm sure a ton of them are being executed right now. We did a lot of you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas campaigns that are just packaged up and built in where the the, the operator just has to say activated or not. Um, and so that's in our normal product. We also have a service called Boost that just sits on top of our normal platform and provides an extra level of of content really for social posts and for email. And and what we found is that yeah, marketing Freelancers and agencies have just made it so complex, you know, for restaurants. They're, you know, hey, you have to figure out your tone and your brand and this and that. And it's all, they make it really, really complex. And it's like, man, this can be really simple. You can just put food pictures in front of people, you know, a nice message about your team, a nice message about an event, this and that. It does not have to be that complex. And so that extra layer that sits on top of our platform, it's kind of like SaaS in that we have automation, we have people the big difference between all of it is just content. And, and so it's actually, what we found is we've been able to reduce people's marketing spend massively, but increase the, the um, productivity of it and the measurement of it in a way that kind of your average freelancer or agency can. I um, and even if they can, they charge a lot more for it. And so we just think those things are, are no brainers and, and mm. Boost has been picked up more and more and more. I mean, we're selling record numbers of it every month. Just because people start to go, why would I pay somebody two, three, five, seven thousand a month for a few social posts for maybe a WordPress template update when I can have someone who's doing very specific, very concise, very easy marketing messages for a fraction of that cost in conjunction with my technology? And so, I mean, we just keep putting more and more in there, and, and again, more and more will get will get automated as we go too
0: yeah I'm, I'm also curious like how much you know what, what's your sweet spot from you know the customer the customer base that you're targeting as far as the, the number of units. I'm, I know it's it's quite fast as far as the you go from single unit all the way to some restaurant chains and virtual brands, but I'm kind of curious like as a product person, how you go about categorizing these various uh, personas and use cases here and making sure you build an end-to-end solution that works. For all of them, however complex or simple it needs to be. Yeah, that's
1: a, a that's a great question. I mean, at least eighty percent of our client base is single location, and, and and what you find is like single location, independently owned businesses need the most help, and and so we focus on them the most um, because we can drive the most value for them. And, and it's funny because going upstream in this space means doing less. It's it's less about. You know, the giant chains don't want a a fully fleshed out, fully complete product package. Mm. They want something pretty skinny that they can connect with all these various integrations. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not as, I mean, we have some, you know, we have some large groups and we have some large uh, multi-unit operators on board. The product is not oriented to them. The product is oriented for who needs the most help. And so we focus the most on what does the single location independent operator need? Because if if we do that, then anyone else can use it too. Now they might not use all of it or they might be more keen on certain integrations, things like that. But if we're serving them, we can serve anybody and they also need the most help. And we also have the most personal kind of passion for them. You know, that, that it's like, we feel like they've been screwed over by technologists forever, whether it's you know freelancers or third party platforms or whoever. And so we, we love digging in on this idea that we can really help kind of, kind of balance that out. The great thing is if we do that, then when you get into what would be kind of the business sweet spot for us of like 10, 20, 30 location hospitality groups, then it's just a matter of another layer of managing the multi-location and some of the complexities there when it comes to the mm-hmm. users or to the menus. That's easy. And so we, we really dig in on the hardest part. And then mm-hmm. we, you know, we do mm-hmm. a single location and then we spend time on, OK, now how do we make this work in this more complex organizational situation for for multi-unit hospitality groups.
0: Very interesting of like how the simplest, like the smallest customer is actually the most complex problem, but it's, it makes a lot of sense uh, because you have to put a lot of the, you have to like kind of front load a lot of the technology because they don't have the horsepower from a, had you know from a talent perspective right yeah. to like have somebody who's your director of marketing who can make the campaign they don't have somebody who can like study all these cohorts and you know manage their website and do all their social it's all like one guy who's probably going to be charged with doing a lot of other odd jobs so uh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> i mean
1: it's absolutely true and and, and what's interesting is it, oh, after the past two years it doesn't matter where you sit in that, from single location to you know thousands of units, everyone has to do more with less. Everyone has to do more with less. Just sheer numbers of people aren't available, and so, but but still, the single location is definitely affected the most, needs the most help. We care the most about them. I'm not ashamed of that, and, and we spend the most time trying to take care of them.
0: I want to transition into the topic of M&A, both at Pop Menu and broader, but starting kind of with Pop Menu. Kind of the aha moment. I, you know, you guys were on my radar last year when you raised that big round from Tiger, and I'd always thought of you as kind of like this interesting concept of like first party reviews, and when I saw that you'd acquired Order Nerd, which is an order mark competitor, a Deliverect competitor uh, in the order aggregation space, I said, "Wow, this is this something else is going on here, and this company wants to be a point, you know, like an end to end." suite of tools here that that all talks together so kind of curious like what led you to this moment where you're like we're gonna start acquiring other startups in the space uh to do more for our customers and you know how that works across like virtual brands and physical brands
1: yeah sure we the ordinary team made that super super easy they're local um we discovered them When I was visiting a local restaurant and they said um hey we started using this thing to organize our our third-party orders it's really cool we said can we look at it and unlike most of the time when you say that it actually looked great the ux was awesome and we actually had a few kind of friends of friends who, who knew them or colleagues of colleagues who knew them so we just got in touch and started talking and found that we were super aligned on the mission and and we felt the same way especially about independent restaurants that we just we just wanted to help you know wanted to do everything we can um, and then the tech was great. And so it, it, that, that, that one was just a no brainer in that it's a point solution, you know, everyone's spending for it. It's a problem everyone has. And so pulling that into the platform, just like pulling in any point solution, whether it's emailing or wait listing or anything just becomes better as part of a whole, like, like pop menu. And so that one was an easy one. Our, our team in previous lives has done a lot of MA and, and, you know, we've been on both sides of of, of that picture and, and we're comfortable with it. Um, and so, you know, in a, in a case like that where it wasn't something we were going to build anytime soon, but it made a lot of sense for our clients and made a lot of sense, you know, um, for a number of reasons, culturally, technology wise. That's the kind of situations that we look for, you know, where all those boxes are ticked and it's just better for everyone involved. Mm. Um, and that, that, that's generally our perspective. But what drove it? That's our clients over and over and over saying, you know, can you, can you do more for us? Can we do more things with, we always say, you know, one bill, one login, one, one throat to choke, you know, one, one person to call and, and, and make sure that they're, you know, sir, that the service levels are high. Um, and so, I mean, I'd say just in general, that's our perspective is that our clients are continually asking for more and more and more to be all in one place. And mm. So where there are opportunities where there's, you know, a great team, a great product, a nice cultural fit. It's going to work really well for our clients. It's going to work really well for us. You know, we explore those opportunities and, and we'll act on them when we can. Very cool. And I think just in general, that's the space is going there. <clears throat> I mean, lots of M&A last year, and it's all speaking to this problem that, you know, it's just too complex to manage, your, to manage your digital business as a restaurant. So more and more of it will come together. The good news is, you know, that that At this point, that's going to be um, not so much of a competitive problem that it's going to be kind of, you know, tough on pricing for restaurants. Like there's still so much consolidation to come that it's just going to be better for restaurants for a while. You know, you you definitely don't want just one player who's doing everything and can just dominate so much that, that they can kind of get out of whack on the economics. I think it's this space is obviously a long way from that. Um, I think a lot more consolidation is needed because that's going to mean simplicity for the restaurants.
0: Interesting. Uh, I definitely want to open it up for Q&A. If anyone wants to ask Brendan any questions, uh, feel free to to add it into the chat. I'm I'm curious to to dig in a little bit more into like the recent acquisitions that we're seeing in the space, you know, a lot of, off-premise players in the world of delivery are moving into on-premise. A lot of, you know, DoorDash is getting more invested into its first-party product. Do you, what do you think this signals as, as when it comes to their business model to, to its shareholders? Does it mean that they're admitting that something needs to change here? Or is it simply like w- what you said before, like, this is just straight-up better for restaurants because it means more simplicity? I mean,
1: for me, it's, I've talked to hundreds of investors over the past few years and it took them, it really took COVID for them to understand that, you know, third party is not all there is to this space. And I think for a while, when, when the only things that were succeeding from Silicon Valley, like succeeding in their eyes, you know, providing a good return on investment and growing, the only things that were working for years were third party platforms. Toast was the first, first party, tool in a long time to get heavy capital investment in in this space that started to open people's eyes and then when COVID hit and you had this kind of adoption pattern of okay i can't have anybody on prem i need to move off prem let me instantly sign up for one of these third-party services oh i only am doing off-prem now and all of it's through this platform and all of it's at you know tough economics now let me move to a first party maybe maybe um, point solution and then, oh, okay. Now I still have all these other providers for these different things. Let me move to a first-party platform. Like, like that adoption curve. I think has educated the investment community a lot on where this space is going, and and I think it's it's educated restaurants on, on where stuff is going. One of the, one of the most awesome things is over the past few years i mean houston used to just rarely talk to anyone who was who is super interested in like pos integration and you know maybe customer and and loyalty integrations now Mm -hmm. people's idea of what of their tech stack the fact they even know what their tech stack is and and how much more savvy they've gotten as restaurant operators is awesome that's just such a great illustration of how this space has dealt with adversity they've shown agility they've got smarter they've gotten better you know what I mean, and and so I just think everyone's kind of following that. And and if you're someone, and I've I've talked I've talked to some board members of some of these third party platforms who are like, no one's gonna no one's gonna want Pop Menu. No one's gonna they're gonna want their website on this third party platform. They're gonna want all their ordering, all their CRM there. And I was like, are you high? Like, have you talked to a <laughs> restaurant owner? They do not want that. And, and and so I think as that kind of opinion has been swayed, then it's like you start to see more of a diversity of approaches. And so, I mean, I think OpenTable is a great example of it's a third party and it's a first party tool, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's got widespread adoption. That's not, I mean, that, that, that makes more sense than just being one or the other. And for me, I I really want restaurants to have the opportunity to, um, you know, the opportunity to, to make a mix of those things that works for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it shouldn't just be that, you can only have third-party tools it shouldn't just be that you can only have first-party tools and then you're missing out on possible acquisition channels things like that it's mm-hmm. like i like the balance that it's bringing so i don't even know if i answered your question but that's some thoughts on it.
0: no no it's definitely illustrative of i think where we, we where we are we have a member in the audience here asking a question here say pop menu solves several different problems for restaurants among these what was the main pain point that you found a majority of customers coming to you for yeah,
1: yeah. i think for us it's it's a, as the platforms evolved it's become kind of a two-step thing. From the beginning it was they saw the menu experience and they said there's no I've never seen anything like this. And and this, you know, dynamic visual kind of multi-step, multi-faceted approach, they just inherently knew this is going to give me a competitive advantage. If I'm if someone's comparing three restaurants and it has and, and for like anniversary or, you know, business dinner or whatever, And two of the restaurants just have kind of text. And the third one has these unbelievable images, you know, that make you hungry every time and and great reviews and all of this information right in one place. That's a competitive advantage. And so from the beginning, people were buying based on that. They just said, that's that's I've never seen anything like it. I want it. And there are a bunch of problems lined up in that, too. Even if you're just doing a PDF, even just updating your menu can cost hundreds of dollars, you know, which is. like just get a subscription you know instead but still that's the hook is this menu experience is incredible and it gives you the best foot forward in capturing business but that's the hook and what closes people now is there's just so many services all in there and so really it's it's simplicity and control those are the things that we're offering Mm -hmm. across this crazy you know complex dynamic digital picture
0: very cool my one last question is kind of around squarespace's acquisition of talk And looking at companies like Wix and Bento Box recently getting acquired, you know, where do you see that going as far as the competition? And, you know, what will that mean as far as how you guys tackle strategy?
1: Yeah, it honestly has no impact on how we are approaching things. We are very much one on one with the clients. It's it's what do they need and what can we deliver? And we focus a ton on that. Um, What competitors do is, you know, I just It's it's probably going to sound like bullshit, but I am happy, you know, that there are more and more competitors. When we first came into the space, I went to the national restaurant show and was like, there's almost nothing for consumer here. And if there is, it's all chain, you know, focus, chain, franchise, enterprise. I'm happy that there are so many options. I'm happy that they're developing. I'm happy about some of these combinations. Um, I'm not going to tell you I understand all of them. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. Wix is a very self-service tool. Talk is very much, you know, more kind of complex and robust thing. How they tie that together I think will be interesting. I think just ultimately all of this action brings more options to restaurants, and so it's better, um, but it doesn't change what we do. It doesn't change how we approach the problem. We know that we can just focus on, you know, talking with our customers, uh, surfacing uh, points where we can provide value, providing that and continuing to build this out and going on this mission of simplifying it for everybody. And, and we'll be fine regardless of what else has happened in the industry. But I think the industry is better and healthier overall if there are competitive options that are providing them better tools, you know, like like people in retail, people in e-com, they've got a billion things to choose from, you know, am I going HubSpot? Am I going Salesforce? Salesforce is an investor of ours. So I'll just say they're going with Salesforce they just have all of these options and, and that's a luxury that restaurants don't have. They just don't have all of these You know, POS is the main thing where they can say, I've got a bunch of choices here and I can dial it in based on how I want to do my business. But for everything else, it's just not like that. And so I do get excited about, you know, some of these solutions that are really unique, like a talk or a wisely having, you know, more, more of a platform to kind of do what they do. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes But I just think in general, it's better for the restaurants
0: awesome very well said um this has been a real pleasure diving in with you brendan thank you so much for taking the time i'd love for you to you know plug away on both the customer side if you want uh, if people are interested in getting started as a restaurant how they can get started and then maybe if you want to promote uh, some of the openings that you guys have how they can if people want to go join your team uh, more a little bit more info on that
1: oh man I should have written down some of these URLs beforehand. <laughs> our website, get get.popmenu.com, really would cover everything for you. I, I think if you're interested in any of what I've shared, the best thing you could do is get a demo. Our team is so great at taking what is, you know, a really complex product and sharing it in a in a really digestible way and focusing in on your, you know, key issues. And so that's get.popmenu.com. And then our our careers page is there as well. We're hiring a ton. Um, we almost tripled the team last year. Um, we still have a lot of a lot of folks to add to get where we're going to provide the best solution possible to the restaurant industry. We love people who are passionate like we are about it. In fact, like the number one ingredient and you know passionate and capable like come, come on board with us. It's a it's been an incredible journey. Um, it's been super rewarding. You know when we when we come through something like COVID and get notes from hundreds of restaurants saying they, they wouldn't be in business, you know, still without us, that's just a, uh, that just fires us up more, you know, that just gets us more passionate and emotional about delivering what we, what we're capable of to restaurants. And so we'd love to have as many great people as possible uh, on the train with us.
0: Are you guys fully distributed or is it, uh, is everyone back in the office here?
1: I mean, we, <laughs> we are remote from day one. Actually we're like, Two years ago, we, we opened this office that I'm sitting in on March 1st, 2020. Perfect timing. Closed it two weeks later, um, but we were equipped for it because we were always remote. And now, I mean, we've expanded our office a bit just because our team wants more and more time to come in and collaborate. But like, we don't care. You know, if you're remote, if you're in the office, if you're doing a hybrid, what we care about is results, you know, are delivering value for our clients. Um, are you great for the culture? Those are the things we care about. And so I want to access talent wherever it is. And so we'll consider people anywhere. We've got somebody in the Netherlands, you know, we've got, we've got folks all over the place and we continue to grow that out.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Brandon. It's been really fun uh, chatting with you and uh, uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate the time. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you're curious to get a first hand look at the cutting edge of food and tech, check out Hungry.tv. That's Hungry with no you, where you can join in on live conversations like these or sign up for the free weekly newsletter.